Zara, I am so excited to talk about today's sponsor. It's the new film, Challenges. It's from the director of Call Me By Your Name, Luca Guadagnino, and stars and is produced by none other than our girl Zendaya. Yeah, you know I love her. You love her too. I love her so much. Zendaya plays Tashi Duncan, a former tennis prodigy turned coach who is married to a Grand Slam champion, currently on a losing streak. And if that's not bad enough, Tashi's strategy to help her husband break his curse sort of takes a surprising and awkward turn. Hmm, awkward indeed. Because now he must face off against his former best friend and Tashi's ex-boyfriend, Patrick. Zara, the tensions are running high. I know. Tashi's someone who makes no apologies for her game on and off the court. It's her game, her rules, but with her past and present colliding, Tashi must face reality and ask herself, what will it cost to win? Challenges is the sexy drama that everyone's talking about and it's definitely not one you want to miss. It's about passion, friendship and what happens when your past comes back to challenge you. You can grab a ticket from Tuesday the 26th. So grab your friends and get excited. I will be grabbing you and we are definitely going to be going to watch it. Oh, please. Thank you so much to Challenges for making this episode of Shameless possible. In a matter of months, Justin Bieber had gone from near obscurity to a worldwide pop sensation. But once he descended to the top, his brattish antics would make him one of the world's most hated celebrities. Welcome to Scandal from Shameless Podcast, the stories of the biggest celebrity controversies revisited. Zara, hello. Hello, Michelle Andrews. <laughs> we are up to part two of our four-part series on Justin, Selena and Haley. It's a big one. And aren't we having a rollicking time? <laughs> having the best time. Guys, you should know this by now. Please go back and listen to episode one before you listen to this episode. In this series, we are, of course, charting the messy, extremely topsy-turvy story of Justin Bieber, Selena Gomez and Haley Baldwin, now Bieber, of course. We're looking at their careers, their reputations and their also complicated love story. Yeah, for sure. Now, in the last episode, we introduced you to two of the main characters here, Justin and Selena. Now, what was really interesting about these two is they both had pretty difficult childhoods. Justin's parents were just teenagers when they had him and had been involved in crime and drugs. They split before he turned one. Justin's deeply religious mum, Patty, had aspirations for him to actually become a worship leader. And when he was discovered on YouTube by Scooter Braun, it took a bunch of convincing to get Patty to let go of that dream. They actually eventually moved to Atlanta and the process of turning Justin into a pop star was officially underway. Yeah, we also spoke in the last step about the overlap between his upbringing and Selena Gomez's childhood. Her mum, Mandy, was only 16 when she gave birth to Selena and money was really tight. Selena's parents also divorced when she was young. They split when she was five years old. But she did really ascend through the child acting ranks. She landed her first acting gig when she was seven and then went on to score the lead role in Wizards of Waverly Place on Disney. The Disney execs 
saw something in Selena from like the earliest of days. She also then channeled the acting stuff into a really incredible music career. Disney saw her as like a future pop star as well. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Justin and Selena first met in 2009 when she was 16 and he was 14. By the end of 2010, they were dating. Selena was simultaneously adored for being in one of the biggest celebrity relationships of the time, while kind of also being hated for kind of quote unquote taking Justin <laughs> Bieber from his hardcore fans. They dated for about two years before splitting in November 2012. And as we detailed in the last ep, after the split, Justin went on quite a downward spiral. He was vocally heartbroken and he was kind of slowly starting to act out. Most notably, of course, he abandoned his pet monkey, OG Morley, in Germany while on tour. Now, that's where we left off. We had an abandoned monkey and a turbulent teenage pop star. We are now rewinding back to his Believe World Tour of 2013 because as far as reputational damage is concerned, that was only the tip of the iceberg. All right, Zara. So if the listeners need to know anything about 2013, it's that we have multiple controversies happening at the same time. So... The OG Morley stuff is still going on. We are going to come back to OG Morley, the abandoned monkey. But as the abandoned monkey thing is happening, Justin is, of course, still on his European leg of the Believe Tour. So he's jumping from city to city. And it kind of felt like every new city he visited, there was a new controversy. Yeah, more than. <laughs> now, in mid-April, he was embroiled in one of the biggest scandals of his career to date when he visited the Anne Frank Museum in Amsterdam. I'm sure our listeners are starting to clue on and remember what this was all about. Now, the Anne Frank House, of course, is the biographical museum dedicated to Jewish diarist Anne Frank. When she hid there with her family during World War II, she didn't survive the war, but her diary was actually published in 1947. Now, the day after he visited the museum, the museum's official Facebook page wrote this. Yesterday night, Justin Bieber visited the Anne Frank house together with his friends and guards. Fans are waiting outside to see a glimpse of him. He stayed more than an hour in the museum. In our guest book, he wrote, truly inspiring to be able to come here. Anne was a great girl. Hopefully she would have been a believer. Now the post went on and said, tonight Bieber will give a concert in Arnhem in the Netherlands. Yep. If you have not heard this story before, that is correct. Justin Bieber wrote in the official guest book for the Anne Frank house, Anne was a great girl. Hopefully she would have been a believer. Like it baffles me that this is something that he wrote, that his minders at the time weren't leaning over saying, scribble that out, write something else. Like this story almost, it feels like a parody. Oh, absolutely. It feels like a parody. And understandably, backlash was swift and intense. The Washington Post wrote this absolutely scathing piece about Bieber at this point, writing, this is our fault. I can't even be mad at Justin Bieber. If he thinks that all of human history is a series of dark, sad fumblings, slowly crawling uphill until we reach the ultimate perfection of the Beeb, <laughs> whose fault is this but ours? We're the ones worshipping the water he walks on. Oh, the Anne Frank Museum was forced to actually defend Justin Bieber and his visit. Two days later, they had to post again on their official Facebook page, writing, the Anne Frank house was 
pleased to welcome Justin Bieber last Friday. We think it is very positive that he took the time and effort to visit our museum. He was very interested in the story of Anne Frank and stayed for over an hour. We hope that his visit will inspire his fans to learn more about her life and hopefully read the diary. So that was Bieber's Anne Frank House Museum controversy. And just as it was about to settle down and leave the headlines for good, that OG Morley story reared its head again because by May, it became clear to German authorities that Justin had completely abandoned his pet. Yeah, speaking to the Associated Press, Munich City Animal Shelter's manager said that emails from Justin Bieber's team indicated he didn't want his monkey at all anymore. In fact, the animal shelter manager said that Justin owed thousands of euros for the cost of care, food and vet bills that he had ultimately just passed on to complete strangers when he left Munich. Yeah, he went on and said, you bet we are going to ask for that money back. People came for Justin Bieber over this. The Guardian even wrote satirical prison diaries from the perspective of OG Morley chastising Justin Bieber. Meanwhile, Vanity Fair wrote an article under the headline, Justin Bieber to give his monkey to someone who might care about it being quarantined in Germany for six weeks, etc. Oh, I love that headline though. Yeah, it's pretty good. Now, Mish in July, things didn't exactly improve. In fact, TMZ published footage of Justin literally weeing into a mop bucket, yes, like a (laughs) restaurant mop bucket, in New York City from earlier in the year. Yeah, the tone of this TMZ article, I think, really sums up the situation nicely because by this point... The public and the media weren't just tiring of Justin Bieber. They were becoming truly sick of Justin Bieber's antics. And this TMZ article opened like this. Justin Bieber is an oblivious, self-important little twit who goes out of his way to make the working man's life miserable. Just watch this video of the singer pissing into a restaurant mop bucket and laughing like he's the king of the world. The clip was shot in New York City earlier this year. We're told Bieber and his idiotic friends were leaving some nightclub, exiting through the restaurant kitchen, and Bieber decided he needed to take a leak. It went on. Rather than go to a bathroom like a civilised person, Bieber, wearing pants that should literally be illegal, whipped out his junk and whizzed into a yellow mop bucket used to clean the restaurant's floors, meaning whoever's job it was to mop the place up had to physically change Bieber's disgusting piss water. At the end of the video, even more bizarrely, Justin yells, fuck Bill Clinton and squirts a photo of the former president with cleaning liquid. This video is weird. It's very, very odd. So that's what was going on with Justin Bieber's reputation. Like, as bad as it probably gets, if I'm honest, what about his relationship status? Well, when it came to Justin and Selena around this time, the two were technically and publicly broken up, but it didn't really look like it on Justin Bieber's Instagram. For example, in April, he posted and then promptly deleted a photo of the two of them getting pretty cosy. And I think what's interesting about this time in this period is... The record books show that they were broken up, but I imagine they were like any sort of young couple and were still catching up behind the scenes, mm. pretending <laughs> to the world, even to maybe their friends that they weren't dating, but actually still doing all the things that dating people do. Well, it's so funny. I saw a TikTok the other day that makes a lot of sense and actually rings quite true. It was this young woman saying, it's so funny that the media refuses to ever talk about celebrities as part of hookup culture. Mm. Like the media always looks at celebrities and goes, they're either boyfriend and girlfriend or they're not together at all. For sure. There is so much grey area, as we know, with young people, particularly exes, hooking up or like, I don't know, being fuck buddies for a while, whatever. 
there's every potential that Selena and Justin had an arrangement like that, but the media never talks like that. They go, they're boyfriend, girlfriend, or they're not, they're exes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's exactly what was going on. Now, in May, Justin bumped into Selena backstage at the Billboard Music Awards. Now, this turned into a very viral meme at the time because Selena was side by side with her best mate, Taylor Swift, when they walked past the area where Justin was standing. Now, as Selena leaned in to give Justin a kiss on the cheek, Taylor stuck her tongue out in disgust, almost as like a gag reflex kind of thing. We need to put this video in our kind of like scandal wrap-up gallery that we do on Instagram after every episode because the full video is so funny. You see Taylor... And a woman with her and Selena, who I assume is like management or a minder in some capacity. And both the minder and Taylor are very clearly keen for Selena to wrap her conversation with Justin up. You know, when you're standing with your friends and you're at a bar and your friend's talking to someone that you really don't want them to be talking to yes. you and you're kind of just gently tugging them away, you literally see them do that in this video. Yeah, it's kind of hard to argue with this footage, isn't it? Like it is, it's pretty hard to argue with it. Now, the moment was so unmistakable that even the LA Times wrote about it. They ran an article saying, see Taylor Swift's disgusted reaction to Gomez Bieber reunion. Now, for the record, Justin was really Justining that <laughs> night. He wore an all leather ensemble with big black aviator sunglasses, even when he was up on stage, which is obviously indoors. Now, he was booed when he accepted the Milestone Award for Music Ingenuity and Innovation. We're going to play you a snippet of Justin accepting this award at the Billboard Music Awards because it really does give you an idea of what the atmosphere and what his reputation was like at this time. I'm 19 years old. I think I'm doing a pretty good job. It should really be about the music. It should be about the craft, the craft that, that, I'm, that I'm making and... This is not a this is not a gimmick. I'm not I'm not a this is not a gimmick. I I'm a, I'm an artist and I, I I should be taken seriously and, and and this all this other bull should not be be spoken of. Also, we've got to mention that he was wearing sunglasses while he was giving that speech. Yes. The we sunglasses didn't come off all night. Yes. Now, Taylor was not interested in masquerading her true feelings about her best mate being connected to Justin whatsoever. Later that night, while she spoke to the media about her awards, a journalist asked her, what do you think of Justin winning the Milestone Award? To which she responded, can we have another question? And the entire room of press laughed. Like, he, Justin Bieber was the punching bag. He was a time. joke. And fair enough, because he was behaving like an absolute dickhead. Now, in July, Justin kept confusing fans with his Instagram activity and subsequently, of course, the state of his relationship with Selena Gomez. He uploaded another photo of him with Selena hanging out at a 4th of July party. However, by that December, Justin was telling E that they were no longer talking. He gave this quote, I wrote the best music once my heart was broken. All that matters was written when I was in a great place in my relationship. And at that time, she was all that mattered in my life. The breakup affected us, especially when we are in front of so many people. It's such a public thing. It's just hard for the both of us. But you know, she's a great woman. I love her till this day. He went on and added, I think we're going to be the greatest of friends right now. We're taking a little time and not talking. As a bit of an age check at this point in the timeline, he was 19, she was 21. Now, meanwhile, during that same month, Selena actually cancelled the Australian leg of her star's dance tour, citing ill health. She said, my fans are so important to me and I would never want to disappoint them. But it has become clear to me and those close to me that after many years of putting my work first, I need to spend some time on myself 
in order to be the best person I can be. Now, Mish, we heard a little bit more about why this was cancelled, but not a lot more in the coming months, but we're going to talk about that after the break. All right, Zara, you hinted to it before. The start of 2014 was a pretty tumultuous time for both Selena and Justin. Firstly, we had Justin's confusing Instagram activity, which was rearing its head again on January 4, when he posted a photo hugging Selena with the caption, love the way you look at me. Now, the following day, January 5, 2014, Selena was admitted to a facility called The Meadows, marking the beginning of a two-week stint in rehab. Now, publications like The Daily Mail and The Star, which are, of course, tabloids, so take this potentially with a grain of salt, were quoting unnamed sources who said that Selena was, and I quote, heavily into the drug Molly, which contains MDMA, and was using prescription drugs like Xanax and Ambien. Yeah, now to be clear, these kinds of claims were always emphatically denied by Selena's team. You can, though, partially understand why people did suspect that this rehab stay might have been substance related. I mean, when you take a look at the Meadows website, it says, for more than 45 years, we've been helping people overcome addiction, heal unresolved emotional trauma and develop the tools they need to transform their lives. Whether you or someone you love is entering treatment for the first time or struggling with a relapse, our time-tested Meadows model is unparalleled in producing successful outcomes that translate to lasting recovery. Now, Gomez's rep only confirmed the rehab stint to People magazine once it was over, saying Selena voluntarily spent time at Meadows, but not for substance abuse. Mm, There is a bit of confusion here, right? Selena's documentary did actually include speculation that Selena may have had issues with substances. It was also referred to as partying at one point. But that was only done by giving voice to headlines of media reports at the time. Selena and the documentary makers did not provide any additional commentary on it. We do know, though, that the majority of the Meadows website does concern itself with the theme of substance abuse. Now, a week after Selena got out of rehab, Justin Bieber made news again. He was charged with drunken driving, resisting arrest and driving without a valid license in Miami. This story became Massive. Yeah, it absolutely did. So Bieber was arrested in the early hours of the morning after he was caught drag racing a yellow Lamborghini. And that's what police reported at the time. Officers said that he kind of smelled of alcohol and did swear when he was pulled over. He allegedly said to the police, why the fuck are you doing this? What the fuck did I do? Why did you stop me? Mm, Justin's friend, a guy named Khalil Sharif, was also arrested on a charge of driving under the influence. Now, he was actually racing Bieber in a red Ferrari. An hour before Bieber was detained, he tweeted that he was, and I quote, just living life blessed. Yeah. Now, according to CNN, who obtained a police report about the incident, Bieber openly told the police that he had been smoking marijuana all night before getting in his car. The assessment said that his speech was mumbled, his pupils dilated, his face flushed, 
and his eyes bloodshot. In the report, officers described Justin's behaviour as excited, talkative, profane, cooperative, insulting and cocky. <laughs> what a mix. I was like, cooperative. Oxymorons left, right and centre. Yeah. To make matters worse, that same month, Justin ran into problems with the law on two further occasions. In one, he actually egged a neighbour's house, which resulted in being charged with one count of misdemeanor vandalism. In another, on January 30, he was charged with assaulting a limo driver in Toronto. Now, that alleged assault of the limousine driver actually happened in December 2013, but he was only officially charged at the beginning of 2014. Yeah, so the start of 2014 was a bit of a nightmare. According to the LA Times, Scooter Braun and Usher were so concerned about Justin's escalating bad behaviour that they actually held an intervention with him in Panama. Now, in response to the backlash and commentary that Justin didn't have a strong enough support system around him in the form of family, Scooter tweeted this, For all those asking, Jeremy Bieber and Patty Millette love their son. Stop passing judgment on a situation you don't understand. I ask people to be kind and hope for the best in people, not assume the worst. Thanks. Yeah, Justin's team, including Scooter Braun, were obviously panicking about this escalating situation. They were really panicked in particular about the ensuing headaches from the drag racing scandal. Now, Justin's toxicology test returned a positive result for marijuana, which was to be expected. He did tell police officers he'd been smoking weed all night. It also returned a positive result for an anti-anxiety medication that he wasn't supposed to be driving on. On top of that, the media was trying to publish footage from the night that Justin spent in police custody that showed him in a really inebriated state. Yeah, exactly. You see, weeks after the drag race, Justin's attorneys were fighting for videos filmed within the Florida Police Department, videos of him being frisked, walking a straight line sobriety test and most significantly submitting a urine sample to be kept private. State prosecutors, however, along with attorneys from several big media outlets, were fighting for the clips to be made public, arguing they were in the public interest. Mm. Now, in one of the videos, Justin's genitals were exposed and his lawyer, a guy named Howard Srebnik, said he found it insulting that the videos could be released and that they constituted a violation of privacy. He told the court, there's no reason why the media should make a spectacle of that event. There's no doubt it goes without saying that Justin was in a terrible place at this point and was being a total dickhead. Yeah. But surely we're all, we all deserve the right to privacy. Yeah, it was really interesting to go back and read about this because I think when you put it into perspective that this is a 19-year-old and yes, he's fucked up. No one should be driving under the influence on the roads and putting other people in danger. I hope that goes without saying. But to have this particular moment of his life potentially opened up for public consumption feels like a step beyond what I've read in other scandal series. Like for anyone to be arguing that any of these videos were in the public interest is bizarre. We already had the police report. Why do we need to see footage of him being frisked? It's a weird mental leap to kind of get to that point. Deanna Shulman, the attorney for the Associated Press and the Miami Herald, said in response, the right of privacy cannot trump the right of access to public records. My clients have no interest in showing Mr. Bieber's private parts. You have to redact that and ultimately release the rest. 
So too long didn't read. The inference is, okay, we'll take out the videos of his genitals or you can blur the genitals, but everything else we should be able to see. Yeah, now ultimately the judge landed somewhere in the middle. While five videos of Justin were deemed too sensitive for the public domain, including the urine sample videos, all the others could be published by the media under Florida's public records law. Now... In the wake of all this bad behavior, the LA Times actually reported that 100,000 Americans signed an online petition asking for Justin Bieber to be deported. The petition read, We, the people of the United States, feel that we are being wrongly represented in the world of pop culture. We would like to see the dangerous, reckless, destructive and drug-abusing Justin Bieber deported and his green card revoked. He is not only threatening the safety of our people, but he is also a terrible influence on our nation's youth. We, the people, would like to remove (laughs) Justin Bieber from our society. I mean, the petition didn't get off the ground because of he never got deported. <laughs> but Justin's behaviour didn't really calm down as 2014 went on either, though. No. In May, the public went wild for headlines that insinuated Justin had stolen a fan's phone. <laughs> now, TMZ got the jump on this story. According to the report, the LA Police Department were investigating a claim that Justin, and I have this in quotes, attempted to steal a woman's phone after he caught her trying to take photos of him at a mini golf centre. Now, absolutely accept that Justin's behaviour up until this point has been egregious. But truthfully, this story, when I was researching it, felt deeply unfair to Justin Bieber. He behaved belligerently, that much is clear, that clearly he had an interaction with a fan and he snatched her phone off her in the heat of the moment. But to characterise that as him trying to steal it was a very interesting leap to me. So when I read through reports of the incident, it sounded to me like he demanded to see her photos folder. He wanted to see if she had actually been snapping photos of him. He did grab the phone from her hand without her permission, but he didn't try and leave the premises with her phone. It was like an impulsive, silly thing to do to call him a thief is a bit of a stretch in my mind. Yeah, three days later, The Independent reported that Justin had been cleared of any wrongdoing and that there was insufficient evidence to prove that he did actually try to steal the phone. But in stories like this, a lot of the damage is done, right? The minute something is reported. The headline's what matters. Yeah, Yeah, nobody's going to kind of chase a correction. Now, in June, Justin made headlines again for a then five-year-old video in which he used the N-word, which was being circulated by the British tabloid The Sun. When the video was filmed, Justin was 15 years old. And soon after, a second video filmed around the same time was published by TMZ, this time with him telling a joke about the KKK. Yeah, all of this prompted a then 20-year-old Justin Bieber to issue the following apology. As a kid, I didn't understand the power of certain words and how they can hurt. I thought it was okay to repeat hurtful words and jokes, but didn't realise at the time that it wasn't funny and that in fact my actions were continuing the ignorance. Now that these mistakes from the past have been made public, I need to apologise again to all those I have offended. I'm very sorry. What is so interesting about this particular story to me is the story behind the headlines and the story behind how this was reported on. Yeah, absolutely. Because in the days after these racism videos did the rounds on the internet, Gulka actually published a piece accusing TMZ of using those very videos as some sort of blackmail over Justin Bieber. Now, essentially, Gorka claimed that TMZ held the videos over Justin's head, assuring him the videos wouldn't be published if he instead cooperated with the tabloid by giving them stories and information. Mm. 
Now, Gorka quoted a source who worked at TMZ when they first purchased the videos. The source told them, TMZ has been sitting on this video for over three years and have been using it as essentially ransom. So Bieber and his team would cooperate with them and give them scoops. It was very close to being released initially, but his team was able to convince them not to by giving them access and compliance. Yeah, this Gorka article lays out a damning timeline too. The very day after the source claimed that TMZ struck that deal with Justin's team, Justin appeared in a TMZ video. Now, as Gorka reported, Bieber, though not as big as he is now, was an incongruous guest for a show that tended to feature low-level reality stars. So the explanation again, apparently TMZ perhaps entered into an arrangement with Justin where they would hold these videos over his head and in return he would give them whatever they wanted. The day after that deal is made, he's appearing in a video like promoting the website and helping them out. It's a weird timeline. Yeah, it's super weird. Now, TMZ denied blackmailing Justin with the videos, but did admit to sitting on them for four years, which is... Strange for TMZ. Yes, a strange thing to admit. Now, by July, Justin made headlines again, and I honestly think the most well-worn statement from this episode is Justin made headlines again. (laughs) But he made headlines again after he now very famously got into a fight with Orlando Bloom in Ibiza. Now, truly, if you want more detail on that, we're just going to have to point you in the direction (laughs) of an entire scandal series we did on the whole thing. The Guardian called the fight history's most pathetic celebrity scuffle. Now, the public spat which was rumoured to be over Bloom's then-wife Miranda Kerr, but truly we never actually got to the bottom of what it was about, (laughs) prompted Time magazine to write the long list of people who have beef with Justin Bieber. Yeah, which is all to say that Bieber's reputation was as bad as reputations can get by 2014. He was hated by people in the industry. He was hated by the public. He was known as one of the world's biggest teenage brats. On November 6, Selena Gomez, we haven't touched back with Selena in a while, so let's touch back in with her. She'd completed her rehab stint. By November, she released a song called The Heart Wants What It Wants. Yahoo Music, and to be honest, every other news outlet, reported at the time that the song was about Justin Bieber. Here's what they wrote of the very emotional music video that Selena released with the song. The clip debuted early Thursday morning and the emotional track in which the 22-year-old sheds tears and shares her heartache over a tumultuous relationship is about her real-life on-again, off-again boyfriend of four years, starting with a teary phone exchange at the top of the song. So you might be wondering, what was the snippet used at the top of the song on the video clip? We're going to play it for you right here. When I was on on stage and I was thinking of... I felt like I, I, I know I know him though and I know that I know his heart and I know what he wouldn't do to hurt me but I didn't realize that I, I feeling so confident feeling so great about myself and then it just be completely shattered by one thing by something so stupid But then you make me feel crazy. You make me feel like it's my fault. I was in pain. So clearly a really emotional voice Mm. message that is is obviously going to get people talking, I think. Like, it's really hard to listen to that and not feel a lot of things. Now, a day after the clip was released, Selena was actually interviewed by Ryan Seacrest, who grilled her about whether or not she was on good terms with Justin. This is how the conversation went down. 
I support him. I, I think I always will. Uh, I, I get, I'm upset when he's upset. I'm happy when he's happy. Do you think you're close? Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want anything ever to happen to him bad. It hurts me, mm -hmm. but that's all. Now, what is so interesting about all of this is the timing here is very funny because the night that interview dropped, it's November 7, 2014, Justin Bieber was actually linked to Hayley Baldwin for one of the first times. And I say one of the first times because when I was doing my research, <laughs> I feel pretty confident that it was the first, if not one of the first times they were ever papped together. Yes. But I don't want to say it for sure because it's not like they didn't know each other up until this point. They'd clearly gone to church. But here's what the Daily Mail actually reported that day, noting, of course, the awkwardness of the timing. Justin Bieber enjoys the nightlife with Hayley Baldwin after Selena Gomez spills her heart about their romance on radio show. Yikes. Justin, who was 20 years old by this stage, was papped with the then 17-year-old Hayley Baldwin as they both attended a birthday party for the high-profile Hillsong pastor at the time, Carl Lentz. Now, Carl might get his own scandal series one yes. day. We have spoken about him on a couple of Shameless podcast episodes before. And he's had an interesting time in the public eye. Now, Justin and Haley were both members of the Hillsong Church in New York, and that often put them kind of in the same social circle. For sure. Now, the, for many, the photos naturally pose the question, who actually is Haley Baldwin and why is she hanging out with Justin Bieber? Haley wasn't globally famous when she met Justin, but she certainly moved in all the right circles, mm. right? She was born in November 1996 to Stephen Baldwin and his graphic designer wife, Kenya. Now, Haley also has an older sister and the Baldwin name, of course, was familiar because her dad, Stephen, is, of course, a famous actor and her uncle is the even more famous actor, Alec Baldwin. Yeah, the Baldwin family grew up incredibly religious. Stephen Baldwin became a born-again Christian actually in the wake of 9-11 and the whole family became very committed to the religion from that point on. In an interview with The Times, Haley touched on this briefly. She said, I have serious morals that are instilled in me because of how I was raised. Now, growing up, she was homeschooled and actually attended the American Ballet Theatre in New York throughout her teen years. Now, when it comes to meeting Justin Bieber, there is actually pretty incredible footage of the two of them meeting for the first time all the way back in 2009 backstage at the Today Show. Now, in this clip, you watch as Stephen introduces himself to Justin and then introduces Haley, who honestly looked like she wanted to crawl under a rock rather than meet Justin Bieber. She looked so embarrassed. She was 12 at the time. Well, she looked... Not like she didn't want to meet Justin Bieber. She looked like the kind of girl who wanted to meet Justin Bieber so badly, she shut down. Like she looked like a fan to me who was like mortified. Just embarrassed. You know, everyone's embarrassed yeah. at that age. Meeting your star where you're not going to be like the bubbliest version of yourself, you become extraordinarily shy. Yes, I think that's exactly what happened. Now, as a teenager, funnily enough, Haley was a big fan of Justin and Selena <laughs> together. For example, in 2011, she tweeted, I don't care what anyone says, but Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez together is the definition of a teenage dream. The poor thing. I know. I feel so bad for her. That I mean, this type of shit is on the internet that people document. It feels so normal though, right? Oh, it's so normal. By the time Haley was 17, she had actually cracked into the modeling scene and befriended some really famous faces like that of Kylie and Kendall Jenner. So 
this all brings us up to the point where she's mm. 17, she's in the celebrity circles, she's going to Hillsong and she's hanging out with Justin. Yeah, now in the early Pat photos of her and Justin together around that November 2014 time, you often actually see Kendall around and in the background. In fact, four days after they were photographed attending Carl Lentz's birthday party, the three of them, Kendall, Haley, and Justin, were papped going to church together. Now, a brief aside too while we're here, Selena actually was, for a fleeting moment, friends with the Jenna sisters. She actually went to Coachella with them earlier that year in April 2014. Only when Kylie and Kendall were spotted hanging out with Justin two weeks later, Selena deleted her photos with them from Instagram and reportedly unfollowed them. Pretty awkward. So you've got Selena being friends with the Jenna sisters, Hayley being friends with the Jenna sisters, Justin being friends with the Jenna sisters, and that very fact making Selena kind of, I don't know, put the, what's the word? The damn wall up? No, the church... The castle drawing drawbridge, something like yes, you yes. know what I'm going I know for. What you're saying. <laughs> yeah, but to the point where she would delete photos and unfollow. So I found that tidbit spectacularly interesting mm. myself. But back to Haley and Justin here. In the month that they were first spotted together, they were hanging out a lot. They were spotted going out for lunches together to basketball games and they were documenting a huge portion of their catch-ups on Instagram. And naturally, this fueled speculation that they were dating. Haley was denying that they were together in December, though. She did a video interview with E! News. In that video, she said, I've known Justin Bieber since I was so young, since I was like 13, and we've just been good friends over the years. We have just stayed close and there's nothing more to it than that. Likewise, in mid-December, Justin shot down speculation about them dating on Instagram, uploading a selfie of he and Haley with the caption, people are crazy. Crazy. I am super single and this is my good friend. You would know otherwise. Yes. Case closed. Case closed. Nothing to see there. So that's Justin and Haley. While they're being spotted together, hanging out heaps, people were talking about Selena's newest single, of course, and what it might mean. At the end of 2014, Selena performed The Heart Wants What It Wants at the AMAs. It was a super raw and emotional performance. It was complete with tears and also a little ad-libbed line. In the live performance, she sang, I thought you were the one. Talking to Elle after the performance, she said it was an important line in the sand moment for her, this performance. This was the moment she said that she was finally going to get over Justin. She said, everybody was talking about the same thing. My relationship. I was so exhausted. I said, I want this performance to be the last time I have to talk about this and acknowledge this feeling. I was kind of devastated. I was like, this is all I have right now. This is going to be it. And all I want is to move on. Found that really fascinating to say, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I don't want to be defined by it, but still be open about it. Yeah, I think we see this from celebrities, though. And truthfully, the older I get, the more tired I am of it. That simultaneously celebrities are telling us, give me privacy. I want nothing more than privacy. And then they're also acting in ways that completely go against that. Yeah, for sure. Now, I do love Selena, though. I've got to put that on I know. I love I, you, I, Selena. Well, move on is what she did. In early 2015, news broke that the then 22-year-old Selena Gomez was dating fellow musician Zed. A month after these rumours started circulating in Feb 2015, Zed posted a photo of Selena in his bed. <laughs> that same month. They collabed on a song. It was called I Want You To Know and Selena sang and starred in the music video for it. This song didn't explode per se, but it didn't do badly at all either. I feel like it's the kind of song 
that you won't know until you play it. You'll play it and you'll go, oh my God, that was everywhere on the radio in 2015. Yeah, but I haven't thought about it since. And also I listened to it when I know that song, but now that we're talking about it, I can't hear it in my head I anymore. can. I okay. actually really liked this song. <laughs> now, a month later, Selena Gomez spoke publicly of their relationship in an interview with Ali Simpson of all people. She said, he's got really beautiful eyes and he's very sweet and funny. I respect his vision because he has a way of knowing how important his role as an EDM artist is and he doesn't spend most of his time traveling the world DJing, an interesting thing there. He's great and very talented. He and I met when we were recording using the same building and he needed to use my bathroom. We ended up talking, sharing music, and it happened organically. Now, that quote's interesting because it's kind of about (laughs) their musical relationship, but it was very clear that at least they were trying to make it seem like they were dating anyway. Well, why would you be posting a photo of someone in bed if you're not trying to get the public... To at least think that. Have a little nibble, yeah. Yeah. By July, though, Selena Gomez acknowledged that the two, and I quote, had a thing but were no longer dating. She also, in that same interview, acknowledged a comment from Diplo who suggested that she and Zed had faked their relationship (laughs) for publicity. She said on that, first off, it's very interesting that Diplo would think he knew anything about my personal life. He doesn't. I adore Anton, which is Zed's real name, a lot, and I definitely had a thing with him, which was nice. I got to say, come on. I think if you're trying to promote a single and you just happen to be dating at the same time and then in a few months for a few months and then in quotes later, feeling compelled to say, I definitely had a thing with him. I will hazard a guess. You definitely did not have a thing with him. It was just PR. Well, I'm like, if you have a thing with someone, you don't say, you don't say we had a thing. We definitely had a thing. At least publicly, you might say it to your friends, but even still, it's a funny way of phrasing it. (laughs) Now, for what it's worth, Zed actually later spoke about how intense his life became when he entered into this relationship with Selena Gomez. (laughs) He told Billboard, reporters were calling my parents. People were hacking into my friend's phones. I was pissed. Though I kind of knew what I was getting myself into, she is one of the most talked about people in the world, but I had no idea how much it would change my life. Or your career. Or your single performance. Well, he's certainly... um, not one to prance around the scene, Zed, and hasn't since. Like, you don't really hear much about him. Mm. Back to Justin, though, because Justin spent much of 2015 in reputation rehab. For sure. In March 2015, Justin was the whipping boy in his very own Comedy Central roast. (laughs) Now, the likes of Pete Davidson, Martha Stewart, Snoop Dogg, Ludacris and Kevin Hart essentially slammed Justin Bieber for two hours. Did you used to watch these? These were a big Foxtel moment and I know you weren't a Foxtel kid. I didn't watch them as they happened, no. But I have seen this since, in the years since. Yeah, the Jonas Brothers have done one. Yeah, it's a really funny concept. And boy, did people get harsh. Oh, my people gosh. People went really hard. I mean, perhaps the harshest joke of the night was from Pete Davidson. And I feel like this is quite a famous a famous yeah. joke now who said, I lost my dad on 9-11 and I always regretted growing up without a dad until I met your dad, Justin. Now I'm glad mine is dead. <laughs> I, you don't even know what to do with that. <laughs> so. It's, I mean, Yeah. <laughs> It's a lot. It's a lot. The Atlantic's David Sims wrote about the roast. Bieber did his part sitting and grinning through the prepared insults all night with the occasional play-acted gasp at a particularly mean jab. And without fail, every roaster ended his or her set with a moment of genuine sincerity, praising Bieber for being willing to suffer through such an event. Even the nastiest material felt restrained, and it was hard not to notice that one of the first names credited as an executive producer of the show was Scooter Braun, Bieber's longtime manager. Yeah, 
I know that things like this are bleedingly obvious. I know that the people who sign themselves up for Comedy Central roasts are the people who need to be seen as a little bit more edgy or self-deprecating. Yeah, people who have fucked up and maybe need to point the finger at themselves and have a giggle as a way to earn the public's respect back or at least the public's... It's not admiration. I'm trying to think it's of what disarming. I... It's disarming. Yeah, I remember watching this, having hated Justin Bieber before watching the Comedy Central roast and then feeling differently about him afterwards. I knew that it was reputation rehab at the time, but I didn't care because I still found it funny and I find it endearing when someone is happy to make themselves the butt of the joke and not be overly sensitive. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's pretty human, hey, to be like, hmm. I'm not perfect, but I can laugh at myself. But again, yeah, a pretty meticulous PR move. By the end of 2015, there was a lot of talk about Justin and Selena getting back together. Selena had ended things with Zed and Justin appeared to be single. Largely, though, people spoke about them getting back together because they kept giving quotes about each other. Mm. In September, Justin did a massive cover story with Complex Magazine where he spoke about the intensity of their young relationship. He said it was a marriage kind of thing. Living with a girl, it was just too much at that age, but we were so in love. Nothing else mattered. My identity was in her. Her identity was in me. When stuff would happen, I would lose my freaking mind and she would lose her mind and we would fight so hard because we were so invested in each other. Mm, It screams of toxic, doesn't it? Like that level of passion, if you're feeling like your identity exists in someone else and that makes your fights like this elevated explosion, it's toxic. I agree with that. It also screams to me as a dynamic where they're probably sleeping together at this point and probably back dating at least privately because I don't know if you're talking about your ex like this, unless you're seeing them all the time and it feels like comfortable. For example, in October, Selena did her own cover story with Elle where she too was asked about Justin. She said, I'll forever support him and love him in a way that we grew up together. When asked if she would ever get back together with him, she sort of laughed and yelled and said, I don't know. Again, I don't know if you're giving these quotes, these really familiar quotes that don't have any sort of emphaticness to them if you're not trying to work it out with each other. Mm, For sure. I agree with that. By November, Justin dropped Purpose, his biggest album to date. During the press tour for the album, he basically told anyone who would listen that at least three of the songs on the album were written about Selena. That same month, he spoke about Selena again, this time to access Hollywood. Here's what he said. She is someone I love dearly. I'm never going to stop loving her. I'm never going to stop checking in on her. I don't think if you end a relationship, you should end that. Unless it was super toxic and you guys were hurting each other physically or mentally. We always respected each other and we still respect each other. Yeah, he said the breakup was tough. He said it was really tough. I don't know if I'm over it yet. I think that I'm definitely in another place and I think we've definitely gone our separate ways. I love her and I want her to be awesome, but there are things that remind me of her. Mm. It's very <laughs> interesting confusing. Quote. Yeah. Now, it's an interesting, interesting quote, given that two weeks after this, Justin and Selena were spotted together at the Montage Beverly Hills Hotel where he took over the piano and mic and reportedly serenaded her to the tune of My Girl in front of an entire bar. Yeah. By December, Justin was posting throwback photos of Selena on his Instagram. The first photo was one of them together on a quad bike. He initially posted it with no caption, but when everyone went wild in the comments section, he updated the caption to read this. Just a throwback, calm down. (laughs) Four days later, he did it again, this time uploading an old photo of the two of them holding hands. This time with the caption... 
crazy throwback. So it's safe to say they're stoking the fire, mm. right? There seem to be mutual interest on both sides. They're giving quotes about their relationship to the tabloid, saying that they'll always still love each other, but they're not sure where they stand. They were spotted together in a pretty public place. And Justin himself seemed very intent on letting the world know he was still keen on Selena by posting these couple throwback pics. For sure. I don't think you could be more obvious about it. Which is why it's even weirder that three weeks after posting those photos of Selena Gomez, Justin Bieber took a holiday with Hayley Baldwin mm. and uploaded a photo of them kissing on New Year's Eve. Yeah, that is strange. Very good point, Zara. Within a couple of months, Justin would be telling the world that Hayley is, and I quote, someone I really love. Only a month after that, he'd be photographed spending time with, you guessed it, Selena Gomez again. All of that (laughs) on next week's episode of Scandal. The timeline gets messier and messier and messier from here on out. Guys, that's all we have time for for now. We've covered so much this week. We've still got two episodes to go. We've still got so much left to cover. (laughs) This series was researched by you and I, Michelle. If people want to see those throwback photos that we've been talking about, come to our Instagram page at Shameless Podcast. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Cannot wait to come back into your ears with episode three. We will, of course, also be in your ears on Thursday for a wrap in the week that was in pop culture. See ya. Bye. Shameless Media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.